If I were to ask you the question, what, what is it that never changes? Rather than it, I should say, who is it that never changes? You would know the answer, right? And you know where we're going then a little bit, because in Hebrews chapter 13, we're continuing a bit of series, and I kind of dove into the 11th chapter here a couple of Sundays ago. We talked about faith. Uh, we talked about uh, some of the... Uh, what is it that pleases God? And really, when it comes down to it, our faith, our faith, your faith in him, our, our faith, our belief, uh, our trust, our, um, uh, when it comes right down to it, if it hadn't been the Lord, what, what would we do? If we didn't have the Lord, what would we do? And we would be like a lot of other people who turned to things, turned to stuff, turned to uh, substance, whatever, you know, uh, try to find some kind of satisfaction in life. And really, when it comes down to it, Jesus is the only one who can fulfill. Jesus, our Lord, can only the only one who can take the place of our emptiness and of our, of our, of our just being uh, uh, not what we are created to be. God has created us for him. He's created you who you are to be a worshiper of God, to be a one who not... Uh, not only um, um, talks about it, but lives it out and goes to the marketplace when you're in the workplace and when you're rubbing shoulders with the community. What a wonderful, we have a wonderful community here. And uh, we are blessed to live where we live. Some of you are thinking right now, well, California really was nice when we Winter stretch. You know, it has its ups and downs. Every place has its ups and downs. But, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Derek, he like to hunt and fish and get on the Stoneville. You can do that stuff in Minnesota. You can go across the lake and, uh, and even in great speeds, you know, just be careful. But there's just a lot of stuff. We are blessed to know that God has an ultimate plan. He has his you know, we, we think about God, you know all things, but he has, has kind of like, a, I think the scripture says in Psalms that he has his, uh, a book that's already written for us. You mean he has his, his, uh, our life on his heart. He has our life in, our, in his heart and mind. And then he calls us to walk by faith. He doesn't tell us every little detail. How many are glad he doesn't because it would be kind of... Mm, Almost scary in a way if you knew every detail was going to happen. If you just want to walk by faith and trust, lear, lear, we're learning to trust, trust the Lord. And so now we get to the 12th chapter, and we get it. We talked a little bit about a a uh, a race, or it's a, it's really a a run. It's a marathon. It's a not a sprint. It's a pace that you you and you and the Lord uh, set together. In other words, uh, not everyone's going to run at the same pace. The important thing is that you run. You run your pace. You run how God has made you. You run with the, the gifts he's given you. You run and you try to uh, get better. You try to get better at being more uh, sensitive, being more uh, in shape, so to speak, spiritually. In Hebrews, earlier in the book, he said they had their senses trained because of experience. And the only way we're going to get stronger, I think I mentioned this, is sorry to say this, but the only way we get stronger in our faith is a lot of times through trials that stretch us. And as painful as it is, we, I don't like that part, but I do like the after, 
math, which is to be stronger. You know, what we learned through that, we, we, we look what God did. Look what, how he came through us. Look how, what he did for us. And so that's a bit of the 12th chapter. And we got a bit into the final verses in the 12th chapter. And just mentioned, I just read these verses about strengthening uh, the hands that are weak, the, the knees that are feeble and make straight paths. And that was just a kind of a, kind of a, a, a timely word, I think, for, for I think my wife Carrie especially that uh, just been needing strength in her knees. You know, we can get we can get so um, the Lord may be saying, you know, you got you got to change some things in your life um, to get healed, and maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to do something differently. So, but He says, make straight paths. So. Straight paths are good paths. A straight, a straight path is easier to walk than a crooked uphill and downhill. Obstacles in your way and things that trip you up. I don't know. I'm kind of a straight path person. I like things. I like things similar. I like things same. But that's not always the case with God. That's and it shouldn't be the case with us either. That we should be stretching. We should be. You know, what is it? What is something new? And so I'm reading in the chapter 13, and by this time. Um, the writer, by the way, we don't know necessarily who the author is. Boy, sure seems like Paul, and I don't, I don't claim to know that. <laughs> but boy, sure seems like Paul. That would be my, just a guess. And, I, I, and when we get to heaven, we'll find out. But um, it's by this time, uh, the writer is summarizing a bit in chapter 13. And he summarizes by verse 1, he says, let the love, let love of the brethren continue. In other words, the bottom line to our Christian walk, our Christian, um, our, uh, our evangelism, our outreach is to love. It's, without it, we are, um, we're like a noisy gong, Paul said it in Corinthians. And I don't like noisy gongs. I don't like, especially... The older I get, I don't know, Ed, are you this way? Noise bothers me more than it ever used to, noise, loud things. I don't know if it's my ears, but. But love never fails, right? Sometimes how we respond is more important how you responded than what you actually said. I don't mean the, way, the attitude, what comes out of the heart, love. People were, are more apt to receive a word of encouragement, a word of, I guess we're trying to encourage each other on, if he senses with love than, rather than with, well, if you're only like me, that totally turns off people, right? Dude, that did like arrogance to the max. And the Pharisees had a problem with that. They had a arrogance. And religiosity became so much more their God than the God himself. I'm uh, reminiscing a little bit here. By this time, chapter 13, um, He's almost like he's picking, he's just bumping subjects. 
Verse 2, he says, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, but by this some have entertained angels without knowing. What a verse. I don't know if I've ever entertained an angel without knowing it. If you don't know it, you don't know it, right? You might maybe wonder. But there are actually people have been, uh, there are actually reports that People have picked up somebody, and they were talking with them, and then they looked, and they were gone. That's, we, have a, we have a story of a, uh, Cindy Huey's uh, niece, I think was almost like kidnapped, and then someone T-boned, and no one knows what happened to the driver, no, or that the one who helped the, the situation drove the niece to the hospital. No one knows. They couldn't find any, regist- couldn't find any information. They even took the license number, was it? And they couldn't find any source to the license. <laughs> sure seems like an angelic thing to me. So God is faithful to his word that he will give his angels charge concerning. So interesting. That's, that in itself is an interesting verse. Then he reminisces, of, remember the prisoners as though in prison with them. And those who are ill-treated since you yourselves also are in the body. That, that verse to me, you know, it's easy for me to forget about those in other hard places that are actually being suffering very severely for their faith. And it's easy to get comfortable and kind of like, oh, how often do I think about that? You know, that verse challenges me. And it says, remember the prison, though in prison with them. And in other words, the body of Christ is meant to uh, if one is suffering, we all suffer with, with them. And then he, he mentions marriage. Let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. The fornicators and the adulterers, God will judge. And that, that stands today. That's for us to live by today. God wants us to honor our marriage, honor one another, and be faithful. God will judge fornicators and adulterers. And then verse 5, which seems more practical when it comes to our life, our living, I guess our, the way we pay the bills, the way we buy our food, uh, what we buy, what um, our income often determines the clothes and stuff, all the stuff that we uh, need in this life. Our income kind of sets the, the bar for that. But here I read, he said, being, let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. In other words, there's, a, there's the, the idea if, what is it that makes me happy? What, a, what, what would be the thing that would make me complete? It cannot be the money itself. It cannot be the material itself. It only can be the attitude towards God and being thankful for what he's provided for you. And if I have more stuff than I need, then I, then I actually can give it away. By the way, there's a box that someone brought in on Wednesday. It's all new stuff. It's some, mainly tools. So, guys, look it over. It's free. Uh, I can have anything there. It's sitting on the bench, so it's little tools, a flashlight, maybe, maybe Joe, you got the flashlight, a tape measure, no, uh, there's a couple kind of handyman tools, so feel free to take that, and I like how 
um, <clears throat> these verses go on and they, they begin to build, they begin to build on the Lord himself. Where he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. The difference between the attitude of, you know, look what I've done. Look what I've done. I've done that with my own bare hands. The difference, the Lord helped me. The Lord provided the strength. The Lord gave me the idea. How about that? The Lord put it in your heart. When David wanted to build a temple, it was in his heart that God says, no, you're not going to build the temple. Your son will build the temple. David didn't say, why? Why not? Why can't? He didn't go into a panic attack. or He, he just, you know what? He, didn't, he never argued with, he just, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do what I can. I'll gather the materials. Right? Right? It's not about really who has the biggest and the best. It's about helping with what you have. It's about maybe helping someone, it's like sharing with someone else who has a need. The biggest blessings often are those who have learned how to give. And I'm reading along, and remember those who led you, spoke the word of God to you concerning, uh, considering the result of their conduct. Imitate their faith. It's interesting this verse does not say, remember those who led you who spoke to the word of God, and considering the result of their speech, considering the result of what they said. No, it doesn't say they said, considering the result of their conduct. What, what uh, teaches you more? Someone lecturing or someone living by example. When you, go, when you want to learn a trade, it's okay to learn the books and the specs and all the stuff, but what will help you is when you get in there and watch and do at the same time and someone else is mentoring you. Someone else is saying, here's, here's how we do this now and we're going to walk through this together. That is the kind of mentoring the church needs. And Paul said to Timothy when he was talking about how to, how to, uh, how to run the church, he, was talk, he talked a bit about that the older gals would teach the younger gals how to, how to treat their husband, how to, how to live godly. Listen, when we get older, we're not done yet. When we get older... You have, inf- you have a wealth of experience. And sometimes it's your mistakes that taught you the most. Really. You learn the most oftentimes by what didn't work. But you figured out what it does take to work. So I'm reading along all these verses. And I'm going to skip down because there's a lot here. And I'm reading along, and I've, I've read through several times. I've just cooked. When I, when I do a message, I, I like to read the text over and over and over again because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to me. I want him to show me what is it that, what's here? What is here? What is this saying to us? 
And I, I, I'm sure I read verse 15 many times. And I never saw it until yesterday. And this is what I underline. And this is New American Standard. So your version may read a bit different. But this is what I underline. Through him. Maybe that doesn't sound like much. But it made me go back and, oh, oh. It's not for him. He reads on, offer a sacrifice of praise. Offer a sacrifice of praise. You think, well, that we're doing that for the Lord. We're giving for the Lord. We're giving it to the Lord. Look at, look at the verse. Through him, then let us continually. In other words, when you do it through him, it's not your strength. It's not just what you have. It's what he has, and you can worship more fully, more realistically. You can have more to give because it's his channeling through you, through him, through him. What happens? Rain comes down, evaporates, goes back up. This is a little science lesson here, right? This is simple science, right? What happens when we offer a sacrifice of praise through him? It goes up and it comes back down. It comes through and goes back up, right? What will that do for you? That will cleanse. Well, we know the blood of Jesus cleanses, but it will renew your mind. It will renew your strength. And so today, my, my, my message, I want to build up to this. This, these Two words, through him. Through him. What is it that's challenging you right now? What is your biggest challenge? Maybe there's several things. You, you can write them down and you, you would know exactly what's challenging. What's really, what's putting the stress on you right now? And, and some of you guys would know exactly what to say. Some of you guys, well, well it's doing pretty well. So I'm, I'm okay, but, right, you just know when I, yeah. In due time, stuff comes around. But listen, what is it? How should we respond? How are we going to get through it? It's going to be through him, through him, through him. And we go back uh, to the, the, the idea in the first part of the chapter. How am I going to be content in life? How am I really going to be satisfied? How am I really going to radiate Peace, and even when there's stuff hitting me, even when there's stuff coming at me, the secret to your strength is right there through Jesus. And when Paul was imprisoned and he was beat up and he was stressed out, yes, Paul was stressed out. What was he mainly stressed out over? What's Paul, the minister, the guy who was changed by the power of Jesus Christ, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, he had moments of distress. He had moments when he was, I'm sure he was angry. Things made him angry. When it, what made him angry was that when there were wolves that would come and, and not spare the flock, he would be very angry. He would write letters and he would write, I was concerned about you, but now that I've heard, 
I can rest. Listen. There is a battle that is going on that is real, that is absolutely would shock us, I think, if we could see in the spirit realm. But God is on. Uh, he's in the charge. He allows things to happen, yes, because we live in a fallen world. And Satan has freedom to reign and rule to a degree, and he does a he does absolutely everything he can to tear down the things of God. And that is why we know there is an antichrist spirit, a spirit of antichrist. We hear it all the time. People that want to resist authority, want to resist any kind of leadership, especially when it comes to the things of God. That is the battle that is going on. But God is using people like you and I that will speak and walk the love, love life, the love of God, the love of the brethren. They will know them by your fruits. They will know them, know you by, by your love toward one another. Listen. Remember those who, we read verse 7. How am I going to do this? How am I going to have what it takes to lead anyone to the Lord. How am I going to have any, anything to offer? It'll be right there through him. When you spend that time in surrender and taking in God's word and spending that time in praising him, you're opening yourself up as a channel. You're in, in likening to being put on a charger a battery that needs to be charged, an alternator needs to charge. You, you can do it through him. So you're going to be content. You're going to be able to war, uh, weather the, the, the storms. You're going to be able to weather the storms that come in this life. Fear is one of the things that Satan will, tr will use so often if he can get us to be afraid. Oh, what if? Oh, what if? Oh, oh, and we begin to be all of a sudden so overwhelmed. We need to take that to the Lord. Though we have fear, that is human. That's human stuff. We know and we reckon sometimes our fear, our emotion uh, is a good thing that drives us to the urgency that we need to be praying or doing something about it. If I have a, a child running in front of me and I ought to have a fear, and I apply the brakes, right? And cause, stop, stop what, was, what was about to happen. If you see someone that's going along and they're going over a cliff or they're going on a road and you, you'd say, warn them, you have a fear. That is a healthy fear. But the fear that the enemy wants to put on you is a fear that you're no good. You're not good enough. And you can't do it. And God's not going to be able to use you. This is what we need to come back. This scripture in 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love. With perfect love, cast out fear. Perfect love gets rid of the fear. In other words, how does that work? The perfect love is Jesus, his love, was able to endure a cross. Because of the joy set before, because of the joy he's seen past the other side of the cross. This fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. 
Great verse. That's, that was 1 John 4, 18. I'm not saying that we'll never have days of fear. In fact, there, 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 are, there are things and reasons we should be afraid. But how and what is God saying? We take our fears to the Lord. And Paul said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. Right? Greater is he that is in me. Remember, that was John. That was John. Greater is he that is in me. Listen. I know when my faith isn't what it should be when I start to be afraid in my own strength because I'm putting my... I'm, I'm starting to figure things out by my own strength. And I know when I'm, st- when I, I'm, drifting, I'm drifting away from the walk in the spirit, so to speak, I start to rely on humanity. We'll get swallowed up. We desperately need his armor every day. If we're going to walk in this world as a day and the world is, we desperately need his armor. We need his understanding. We need his covering. And the good news, you get his covering when you acknowledge Jesus, praise him, when you accept him in your heart, when you, when you confess your sin, you, you open up his, his blessing. And we go to the second. First was being content. Through him we can be content. Secondly, we are, uh, we are looking for what is it that's consistent. The world is wondering, is there anything that they can build on, they can bank on, they can, so to speak, stake their claim. And verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is something you can build a house on. That is something you can bank on. That is, some, that is the one whom we can pray to and he hears us. That is the one who is, it doesn't matter what day or night, what time it is, where you are, he hears us. And if he hears us, he will respond according to his will. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today. And boy, that, that's good news when our, when our world is, when we're having a hard time keeping up with all the changes. Is anything going to stay the same? And, and it's a good stay because it's not that to mean that nothing new is ever going to happen. That's not at all. There's a lot of stuff that's going to happen in the kingdom of God that we have just begun. You've just begun, rather. He's the Alpha and Omega revelation. He's the beginning to the end. He knows all things from frontwards, backwards. He's outside of time. The good news is when you approach God, Jesus is covering you. You know the difference? You know, you know, Hebrews talks about, and I didn't go into 12th chapter. I really didn't go into that part of the 12th chapter, but it comes out of the story when Moses was receiving the commandments from God on Mount Sinai. The first time he went up, you know, 
God would speak to Moses. But God told Moses, tell those people, don't even come close to this mountain because they'll die. Don't touch the mountain. In other words, there was such a holiness. There was such a, a presence of God. His power was so strong that anyone, even any animal, was unfit. It would it'd be instantly toast. And so the people were in fear. And they heard such a loud voice, God would answer in thunder. And they heard such a loud, it says, the scripture says that they, they begged for God to stop. They, they couldn't take it. What was that all about? God was trying to instill a fear of God in the people. But just in a few short verses, chapters later on, they're, they're wallowing in a, in a sin. They, 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 they forgot about God. What is, when we think, what, how could they be so foolish? It just shows us our hum- humanity. If I'm going to be able to walk with God, I need his help, the helper, the provider, the, the Holy Spirit, the one who the teaches, the one who stays with me and never leaves me. I think that's a real difference. And so Jesus is consistent. There's no other name by which we can be saved. He's consistent. Isn't he faithful? Isn't the Lord faithful? I mean, I'm no scientist, but just in this creation, everything is in place. God did that. And God holds the world in his hand. The sunrise, the sunsets, the time, all the, all the seasons, all the stuff that happens every moment, every day. God is faithful. And so when we get to verse 15, through him, then let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. That is a fruit of, that is a fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. I wanted to clarify because I know that we can praise him with our lips. And that's, in fact, sometime we had uh, a separation, lips between the heart. And Isaiah, he says, these people worship me with their lips only and not with their heart. And so there's some... uh, a con, um, an awareness that you and I need to have is that, Lord, help me to tune in. Think about what I'm doing. If I'm, if I'm sincerely praising him, it's coming also from my heart. In fact, it's, and I'm not changing the scripture because this sacrifice, sometimes we need to praise him till we, till things kick in. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. But sometimes I, I got to get jump-started. I got to get my flesh to, res- to get out of the way. I got to get my weariness aside. I got to get my uh, overwhelmness, my, my stuff that I'm thinking about all the time. I got to get that aside. So I got to push through it. And so if I start praising the Lord, and all of a sudden my flesh is going, ah, you know, it fades away because uh, um, my spirit, man, is, is, is being connecting with God's spirit and I think that's the way it's meant to be that we can actually then 
get caught up. Get lost in his praise. When's the last time you ever got lost in his praise? I mean, this was something that happened, I think, quite often in the church. In the spirit would come. People were hungry. I, w- I wish, I wish for some of that. I wish, I wish we, some of, some of the things that I like about the old days, we talked about it, you know, we like, we like, we're simpler in a way, and many things were harder, but what is keeping me from fully giving God my attention? What is keeping me back from fully giving God my attention? I think that's all for all of us is a challenge because we live in such a stimulated world by things. There's there's nothing wrong with things. It's just we have to sort it out. What's priority here? I know I need my time with God. And I think we all would agree that there's there's a need to lay everything else aside and to focus upon him because you'll you'll go further you'll have more strength than you could imagine because you've soaked in you soaked up i end with this story and i'm sure you know of it in second chronicles 20 King Jehoshaphat, if you could say that 10 times in a row without stuttering, you're a good man or a good woman. Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. You know, just one of the kings was not perfect, but because he saw the battle lining up, the, the enemy, and he realized we are so outnumbered, we don't have a chance. He was afraid. And his fear drove him to seek God. And he called for the, the people that knew how to pray. He called for the leaders. And then there was a word from God, from a prophet. And he said, here's what you need to do. Station people that are in front, on the front line, the people that praise God, the people that are, are on the worship team, so to speak. And they're going to lead the way. They're going to lead the battle into, uh, they're going to lead this this war they're going to be the ones on the front line speaks it speaks this this is what it speaks the church when it goes into a time of praise just for who he is just for who he is it begins to unleash and this story unfolds and you read it sometime in your own second chronicles 20 about uh, uh, halfway down the chapter and all the way through, God's, God comes into the enemy's camp and absolutely confuses the enemy. They turned on themselves. That's awesome. Number one, Satan is no match for God. And the church has so much power when the church moves into absolutely 
offering up a sacrifice of praise and just giving it to God, just giving your heart to God. And I wanted you to come. We're going to lead us in a, a short a song of, of, of worship. And we're just praying. It's somehow we can get a, an appetite to get caught up, to get connected, more connected even, to somehow move into that place where nothing else matters right now. It will take care of itself when God is in it. <laughs>